Okay, you ready? You can hear me okay? Great, we're on? Perfect. Awesome. Let's go. I'm Peter Little, lead pastor at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. We're cultivating a community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world. And you're listening to our Sunday Sermons podcast. To learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. Thanks for listening. Welcome, friends. If it has not been said, welcome to Christ Pacific. Isn't it great to worship together, to worship in this place? Thank you, worship team. Um, we feel so blessed to have you. Um, if it has not been said, welcome. My name is Jericho. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Pacific. It's a privilege to serve alongside with you, um, and it's a privilege to serve you guys. I love Dean's, um, you know, he's like, hey, talking to him doesn't mean you're committing. Um, so <laughs> I love it. Um, we continue our sermon series um, entitled Faithfulness. What does it mean to be a faithful child of God? And um, Donna Barton has started that two weeks ago. And there's that picture. And the way that we're trying to answer that question of how can we be faithful um, followers of Jesus through the letter C's. Whoa. Where'd it go? There we go, the three C's. Two weeks ago, it, mean, it meant to commit your life to Jesus, that we need a spiritual awakening, that we need a new heart, um, we need to be born again, and that changes the direction of our lives, um, one that gives God glory and gives us freedom, and is good for us. Last week, um, Donna also talked about being a faithful child of God means being connected with God, that we are created relational beings because God himself is in a community called the Trinity. And there's so much love between the p- different persons of the Trinity that we're invited to that love. Sadly, we look at the world and we say, what are some things that I can substitute what I need from the Lord here on earth? And we try to look for those things like our identity, our purpose, and our meaning. And those things, those idols here on earth, overpromise and underdeliver. This week, we're talking about what it means to be called by God, be called by His love. Before we're called to love other people, we need to understand how much God loves you and me. All right? So, um, we will be in John 15, 1 to 17, and so you guys can turn your Bibles there or your devices, John 15. I had somebody come to me during first service and say, which version of the Bible do you read from? I read from the NIV, and so if that's easy on your Bible app, you can follow along. Um, at this time, I'd invite you guys to stand on up one more time as we read John 15, 1 to 17. I'll be reading it for you guys. Verse 1, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will even be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, Jesus said, and you are the branches. 
If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, allowing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete My command is this, that you love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I have learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, that you love each other. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, we thank you so much for your word, how that is a compass for our lives. God, we thank you for your presence through your spirit and your son in our hearts. God, may we grow to love you even more this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated, friends. What does it mean to be a faithful follower of Jesus? Point number one, to be a faithful follower of Jesus, we must understand that God calls us not by our own merit, nor by any future good that we can produce for God and His kingdom. This answers the why question. Why would God call me and you into a relationship with Him? Why would God call me to work for Him and His kingdom? Is it because He can look to the future and can say, I can maximize this person and they're going to do so many great things for my kingdom and my cause? Friends, let me correct our wrong notion about God. God calls us into relationship with Him because He loves you, because He loves you, because He loves you, and that is who He is. John 15 tells of God who's a gardener to His vineyard. Jesus is the true and real vine that we are connected to, that we are the branches. We are not the vine. We are not self-sufficient on our own. We are merely branches connected and dependent to the nourishing of Jesus. It is through our connection with Jesus that we can be called children of God. If you notice the stage, there's a plant. That's my plant, okay? Um, We have a gardener here, an urban farmer in our congregation, Kirk Temple, and around Father's Day, he sells pepper plants. And so I said, I don't want a ghost pepper, the spiciest thing. I want the next one below it. (laughs) So I got a Trinidad scorpion plant, and it was in a little pot. And he says, you got to be careful. I know you got little kids. 
If you touch it, there's oils in it, and it's like ER time. So just make sure you tell your kiddos. And I love that there's a little bit of danger in it. You know what I mean? Um, I think we live, I don't know, a little too safe. But I had it in our condo community in the backyard, and an animal found it and ate all the leaves. And I was like, what do I do? And so I, I'm a succulent kind of guy. Like, you know, like you water it once a month, maybe every six months. And so I had to take care of this plant. This is the third year that it's with me now. I've put it from a small pot to a bigger pot, and it's thriving. Um, the thing that I hate and love about it is the waiting. You know, if you're waiting for a fruit tree, um, you have to know when it comes. So I know it's October. October is when, because all summer you're like, it's really hot, but it's not quite hot yet. It needs the heat. And so we got some fruit here. Um, the first year we had maybe three and then I had to like, I was like, oh, your word, God says it prunes. We got to prune some branches. Maybe we can get more. So I think I have nine this year. So if you like spicy stuff, you can have one fruit, okay? I offered it for service. Nobody took me up on it. <laughs> maybe this is, maybe it's you, all right? Uh, so the Lord tends to us, and the Lord speaks to me in the way that I take care of pants. So we have plant people in the room. Yeah, there you go. Um, we have succulent people in the room? That's right. All right. You, there's another level, not just the succulent. There's the air plants. You don't have to water them. Those are great. Um, how can we be marked by our being included in the family of God? Um, uh, we're going to turn right on our Bibles in Ephesians. It's a letter the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus, go eat popcorn, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. All right. Ephesians 1.4, it says this, for he, God the Father, chose us, you and me, the people of God who put our faith and trust in Jesus. He chose us in him, in Jesus, before the creation of the world. Why? So that we could be holy and blameless in his sight. We sang about this in that third song. Um, I wrote it down. My heart has been in your sight long before my first breath. Before we can even have a good choice or a bad choice, God chose us before he even made the galaxies. He says, this person is going to turn to me. Why did God choose us so that we can be a reflection of his holy and blameless character into the world? Can we do that? In our own power, can we be holy? Can we be perfect? What about blameless? No. In fact, we actually have the opposite problem. We are very imperfect, very unholy. We are full of blame, and we are accountable for all of that blame. So before we can even make a case of how awesome we are, I don't want for us to have an overinflated sense of our abilities, but I want for us to be corrected in that God is love, and he lovingly chose you and me before the creation of the world, before we can even have a choice. God knew that he would choose us and one day that he would give us faith to turn to him. We're not going to turn to Romans 3.23, but if you know it, you can say it with me. 
Um, You can write it down on your notes and look it up later. It goes like this, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All. Can you think of the kindest person at your work? Can you think of the rudest person? All. The most upright standing citizen that you know to the lowly person that needs the Lord. To your favorite grandparent. Everybody has sinned and has fallen short of God's holy standard according to his word. How can we be holy and blameless then? The answer is we can't. But you guess who has been holy and blameless? The Sunday school answer. Jesus. Jesus, right? Jesus, who was there at the creation of the world. Jesus, who humbly came down Christmas morning as a baby who lived a perfect and sinless life. Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for you and for me so that he could offer his life as a ransom for those who put their trust and faith in him. Jesus, who sacrificed his life on the cross and who was raised from the dead Easter Sunday morning. Jesus takes our unholiness and all the blame so that you and I could receive his holiness, so that you and I could be blameless before God. You guys want to know the good news? That we're not as awesome as we thought. We're not as awesome as we thought, but you know what the better news is on the other side? Is that Jesus is way cooler than what we could fathom. We're not as awesome as we thought. But Jesus is way cooler than what we can fathom. Imagine our capacity to understand things. If you can understand how awesome Jesus is, he's not limited to that. He's actually way more cooler than that. Do you believe this? Because this is freeing, friends. There's freedom in this. There's no amount of good that you can do to cancel all the debt that we have. All you have to do is turn to Jesus Ask for forgiveness and receive his love. There's no amount of doing good anymore because he loves you, because he loves you, because he loves you, and that is who he is. We have to understand that he calls us in love. What's the next thing that we need to understand? To be a faithful follower of Jesus we must understand that there's a new metric. There's a new measure of success. See, God did not come to make our mediocre lives just a little bit better. He came to transform it. The kingdom of God is all about faithfulness. All right, you're going to turn to your neighbor and say, you are faithful. Very nice. You guys sounded like this. You're going to turn to your next friend and you're going to say, you are faithful. Very nice. Friends, lunch is coming. Don't worry. Our calling, our calling is fueled by our faithfulness because God himself is faithful. God wants for us to reflect his character into this world by being faithful in our calling. If you turn again to our passage in John 15, in verse 4, it says this, Remain in me, 
as I also remain in you, Jesus says. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, Jesus says, and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. To remain connected with God no matter what, no matter how you feel, no matter what the circumstances are, this is what God is looking for. What are other words for remaining? Abiding, remaining, staying loyal to God. Can I tell you my favorite definition? To keep on keeping on. <laughs> Takes a while. To keep on keeping on. Um, we're not going to turn to Matthew 20, but um, my challenge for you guys is to read the passage this afternoon. Um, there's a parable. Jesus teaches through parables. Um, sometimes he gets asked a question and he says, let me ask you another question. Kind of snarky. Um, and so Jesus tells a story. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Matthew 20, there is a landowner who owns a vineyard. And like a good business owner, he wakes up early at 5 a.m., he opens his eyes and he says, I need to hire workers today. He finds workers in the marketplace and he says, would you like to work today? I will pay you a denarius. I will pay you a daily wage for today. And they said, awesome, we'll do it. So what does he do next? He has brunch with his buddies in the town and they're walking into town and at around 9 a.m. there are people standing around. They don't know what they're doing. And he's like, why are you guys just standing around? You want to work for me? I'll pay you a daily wage. And say, absolutely. All right, go, go work. What does he do after brunch? He hangs out, talks to his buddies. It's lunchtime. He goes around town, and there's people standing around. They just don't know what to do. And he says, hey, it's 12 o'clock. Don't you guys have work to do? You want to work for me? And he says, yeah. Okay, I'll pay you a denarius. Guess what he does after lunch? There's coffee and tea, you know, the 2.30 slump. You guys know that feeling. Um, the internet here craps out at like 2.30. I don't know why. <laughs> it's like, a, hey, coffee time. Um, at 3 o'clock, he finds more people in the marketplace, and he says, would you like to work for me today? I'll pay you a denarius. What does he do after the coffee tea time? It's supper, right? Dinner time around 5, and he's walking around. It's, he's going to go home, and there's people still standing around, and he says, I'd like to hire you if you'd like to work at my vineyard until sundown, and then I'll pay you. All right, the sun comes down, and he goes to his foreman, and he says, I'd like for you to pay these people starting from the last to the first. The people that started work at five to sundown, maybe an hour and a half, guess how much they got paid? A denarius, a daily wage. Okay, the people that got hired around coffee tea time at three, they got paid, and guess how much they got paid? Then the same denarius, right? What about noon? People that were like, oh, lunchtime crowd. The same thing. If you were the people, so the same thing at 9 o'clock and the same at 5, how would you feel if you were the 5 o'clock, 5 a.m. crowd? You're probably thinking, wow, I think we're going to get paid more. We've been working a lot more. I've picked a lot more grapes. I got like six baskets today, okay? So they were complaining, and the, the landowner says, did you not agree that I would pay you a denarius? They're like, uh-huh. 
He says, also, as a landowner, can't I do with my money what I want? What is Jesus saying here with this parable, the earthly story with a heavenly meaning? This is like the kingdom of God. Some people have been walking with the Lord since Sunday school and elementary school. Some of you have been following Jesus since your teen years. Maybe you gave your life to the Lord at summer camp. Some of you found the Lord in your adult college years and you turned your lives over to Jesus. Some of you had kids and you said, where's the training manual? Google's not cutting it. Let's come to church and find people to suffer with. <laughs> Some of you found the Lord when you empty nested. You're like, oh, thank goodness. Go to college. <laughs> Some of you found the Lord as grandparents in your retirement. And still, some people are finding the Lord at the end of their lives. To those who believe in their hearts and confess with their mouth that Jesus is their Lord, their Savior, and their friend, no matter what time in life, are saved and called children of God. You know your own story of how the Lord took your life and changed the direction of it. How the Lord changed a head knowledge of who God is into a heart relationship with Jesus. Once you have put your faith in Jesus, the measure of success is keep on keeping on. It's being faithful to Jesus. So in the parable, right, like the 5 a.m. crew could have produced so much, but their reward was the same. The people that have been working from 5 p.m. to sundown probably produce the least, and yet they get the same reward, the salvation of their souls, a relationship with Jesus. What does this mean for us? We get to celebrate it, right? If you're a longtime Christian and you're like, man, I've been struggling with the same sin issue, and somebody comes to know the Lord, and within three months, you know, you're like, I've been walking 20, 30 years and in three months, they've conquered that thing. Let's celebrate it. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for saving their lives. Right? Why is this so important to be faithful? Because life gets hard. And Luke, turn left on your Bibles. Luke 14, verse 27, Jesus says this, Whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. There's a great reward in this salvation, this relationship with God. We have a new meaning and a purpose for God's good and his glory. But what are we called to? We're called to the same life that Jesus lived, a life of sacrifice. It's not easy. We serve a God who is self-giving, who's given us so much, who cares for you and I so deeply who's calling us to do the same. In Romans 12, 1 to 2, Paul writes to this church where there's disunity. There's this rift happening with the people that have known the Lord and the people that are new to the faith. And he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, all of you, look to God, and offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Offer your lives together because this is your true and proper worship. 
What does that look like? Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Don't look like the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to test and approve God's will, that it is good, that it is pleasing, and that it is perfect. What does it mean to be faithful and remain in Jesus? One, he says, to keep his commands, right? Are you reading this book? Is this book sustaining you? And he says, not just know what this says, but remain in my love. The love that Jesus gives to you and me is sacrificial, often rejected, and this love cost him his life. Why is this so important? In Romans 8, 38, it says this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you and me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Often we hear this remain in me and we're like, but I'm tired. Do you even know what season I'm coming from? Do you know the hardships that I'm going through? And Jesus is saying, remain in me because my remaining in you is stronger than your strength and holding on to me. His love is stronger than even our ability to hold on to him. Isn't that good news? The strength we have is not as awesome. But you know who's got, who's so cool that we could fathom, we can't even fathom his love for you and for me. To be a faithful follower of Jesus means to understand that we are loved by God, not by our own good works, not by any good that we can come out and do, and that we get to be faithful, to keep on keeping on. What's our takeaway? We got four takeaways. The first thing is God's love. Do you know how high God's love is for you? Do you know how deep his love is for all of us? Do you know how wide and encompassing this love is? Do you know it in your head? Do you need to know it in your heart? Have you experienced this love that is available for you today? He loves you because he loves you because he loves you and that is who he is. The second thing, do you know that you were chosen at the creation of the world to be holy and blameless? We have a new purpose to reflect God in the world. Is it because we're perfect? Uh-uh. But we have a perfect relationship with Jesus who is holy and perfect. Are we blameless? No. But we get to practice forgiveness because we've understood what it means to be forgiven. The third takeaway is that God calls us to be faithful to him in his word and prayer. And sometimes you're like, I don't even have time to make it to what I need to make to. Right? I'm always late to parent drop off, kid drop off. And you're like, I don't even know what to say in my prayer. My challenge for you is that sometimes we're filled up so much in the world, and what we need to be filled up with is the Word of God. 
Let the word of God sustain you and fill your heart and let that be the language that you pray. God, I need to trust you with all of my heart and to not lean in my own understanding. God, I need you to show me the path straight. God, I need you. Would you help me trust you? That is our worship. Because our worship is not just with our minds, it's with our hearts and with our bodies as we offer all of us. The last thing is our calling is to be faithful. And in that, we have to be gracious to others. Maybe you're stepping away from a ministry here at church and somebody's taken over. Be gracious to that person. Right? Maybe you get annoyed with the things that some people are struggling with and you're like, man, I'm still struggling with that thing. Have grace for yourself and have grace for other people. It's not about how long you've been working with the Lord or how much you can produce for him or how awesome your ministry is, but Jesus has saved all of us. Walk in faith. Call others to be faithful. The results will follow. It's not up to us, right? And that is what it means to keep on keeping on. Would you pray with me this morning? Father God, I thank you so much for your love for us. God, thank you for being faithful to your promises, for being faithful as you walk with us through every season. God, thank you for saving us. Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us. and We don't deserve it. Thank you for using us in spite of all of the things that we have going on. God, may you be bigger in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would guard my friends in this room and the people watching online, that you would make space in their lives, um, God, to feed their souls with your word, to spend time with you. God, I thank you for today. We pray this in your son's awesome and mighty name. Amen. Thanks for joining our Christ Pacific Sunday Sermon Podcast. To hear more of our sermons or to subscribe or to learn how you can be engaged with what we're up to in Huntington Beach, please visit us at C.